0: JoeCustoms.com is the home of the world's premier G.I. Joe customizing website. Its purpose, to learn, improve, share, entertain, and showcase the work of the customizing community, wherever and whenever possible, to whomever shows interest. We'll help the community. Wherever there's customizing, Joe Customs is there.
1: Joe Customs.
2: Let's do it spontaneously.
0: Count me
3: down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Three. No, count down Springsteen stuff One. I want to rock and roll all night. You wanted the best, you got the best—the hottest band in the world. Yes, Thank you. thanks, guys.
3: Yes. Way to bring, way to bring. If you start talking about your Uzi, Abus, this the heat. podcast is over.
2: So, <laughs> not I mean, the revolution. So, oh, it yeah, just got heavy. <laughs> So I was going to pick up my custom, and turns out I was in the wrong hallway completely. And so I opened the door to go in, and there's, and there's Brian Savage, and he's like, "I ain't got time for anything."
4: What was he doing?
2: He was trying to get his videos to download to make his little. Uh, it's the convention videos.
4: Oh yeah, yeah, the slideshow. Uh, Thank the, you, the, the, slide the slide Savage,
2: show. the Savage Vacation
4: Off from the, his it, AOL mailbox.
2: Right, and uh, he didn't have yeah, a have he didn't have a Wi-Fi <laughs> hotspot, <laughs> so. Anyway, it was just him in this room full of empty boxes and cables. And I was like, apropos. But I was like, not not even for this. And I held up his card and a sharp, and he was like, all right, I got time for that.
3: Your Brian voice is basically the guy from the Beefy Tudas. Fred Schneider. Okay, you, you do like a Fred Schneider impression. When you you what? <laughs> <laughs> I got oh. me a car, it's as big as a whale. <laughs> Have another
5: beer. <laughs>
2: Why don't we just podcast? (laughs) We'll do it live. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title. (laughs) We're
4: at the post-convention wrap-up. JC Table Crew. What's left of it? Just
6: Just hanging out, smoking the
4: the pickle barrel bar down the street from the convention hall. And uh, I don't know. It was it was a pretty hectic four days.
3: Yeah, no, it was it's been nonstop. I forgot what day it was several times. I called my wife and I was like, oh yeah, on you know whatever we did this and I'm like so it's it's still Tuesday, isn't it? Oh my god. Like that was yesterday. Oh, oh
6: no. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting combination of controversy, finality, you know, acceptance that it's not gonna happen anymore. But the club was still able to pull off some of their greatest hits of just screwing things up. (laughs) That's what I'll always remember. Yeah, walking in.
4: Before we even got in line, the Golden Ticket people, Wednesday night were saying about the missing paint apps. Yeah, we got some weather going on.
6: We're safely inside, so we'll be okay. Yeah, 50-50 chances.
3: You a lot of windows, though. Yeah. Yeah, right right from the get go. There's you know, missing paint apps, there's what else was what else went wrong?
6: H.
4: Oh, oh no, yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Slaughters Marauders. But they forgot the H. So, so they got stuck in customs, I don't know, the, the H's.
4: The paint if you haven't heard already, they're gonna send out the corrected painted heads later, I guess, based on how you registered. And Matt was saying, what, "How are they going to fix the
3: the hat?" Well, they're going to mail us the H Slater <laughs> You can just stick it stick it on there. <laughs> I don't. It's. I mean, it's, but yeah. It, it, so I will say, all all seriousness, I cried twice at this show. Where were the two? No times? joke. Where were the two times? Well, I'm going to do it again. maybe so at the shows we have this little who made that mini Gary
4: J-Man J-Man
3: so J-Man made this little Gary standee it's like it's a picture of Gary goggles printed on um, like foam foam core plastic foam core or whatever so it stands up and we hide it around the show and you know if people find it bring it back to the table we give them a prize because that's the kind of stuff that Gary would do all the time he loved doing that stuff hide stuff around the show and John had had posted, "Hey, go look for Mini Gary. Um, come come to the table and get a prize um, on Facebook." And I pop up, you know, my notifications, and there's the the notification for that. And right below like, it is the notification that it's Gary's birthday. And I'm like, shit, I'm gonna cry at Joe. You're Kong. gonna cry. Again. I'm gonna cry right now. right now. I am. You know, it's Gary Gallow's birthday. Do something to to make it special. And I hope we did.
6: I hope we did. Yeah. The thing I noticed, too, is not just our table doing it. There were other people doing it, carrying on Gary's tradition of hiding figures around the room. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was not only the sight lines. There was also carded figures, and they had a little tag up in the corner. You know, with Gary's little silhouette with his goggles on there. and People were finding those all over, too. So it's good to see that... You know his legacy is continuing, and even though this is the last Joe Con I do believe it will continue to some of the more regional shows like Assembly Required and CoilCon and Toy Atlanta. There'll always be people. You know, it's a big void that Gary left, but people are doing what they can to keep his name out there, which is good. And his and his spirit. Yes. You know
3: the the his sense of community and belonging and just being that uniter. Mm-hmm and making sure everybody was having a great time. You know?
4: yeah. We actually had a couple of people who either posted online about finding the mini goggles or came to the table later on after finding it and uh, thanking us for, for doing it.
2: You know how we hide the little goggles? Uh, Nate Martin found it and he posted on, our se- on uh, Facebook. Yeah, this was awesome. Huge thanks to the gang from Joe Customs for putting together something that was fun, easy to participate in, handing out some cool swag, and something that continues to remember and memorialize a cherished member of our community. I never had the honor and privilege to meet Gary, but his reputation as a guy that was quick and ready to help out any of his fellow collectors always stood out to me. I think it's really fitting that through this little game, he was able to continue helping out his fellow collectors and help me get some cool stuff. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Joe Customs.
4: Now, can you do it in an
7: <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody.
3: Uh. Uh. Joe Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sh-
4: that's Sean. Right
3: I, we have a great story.
4: I'm going to put the clip in now. <laughs> we Great Childs uh, won, well, placed in a custom contest. And I'm going to put that in for you right now to find out how that, what the, uh. <laughs> came about. <laughs>
0: Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm going to talk to Gray Childs. Uh, I think a lot of you knew him, and the two gentlemen with him, if you could introduce yourselves and where you're from. My name's Steve. I'm from
8: South Africa, Cape Town, to be specific. And I'm Paul, may or may not be part of the Ninja Force Loeb Show, from G.I. Joburg and from Joburg, South Africa.
7: And I'm Gray Childs of Dallas, Texas, and love Jokon. Glad to be here with Joe Customs crew.
0: Can you tell us a little bit
8: uh, about your trip here, how, how you got here? Okay, so it all, it all started off with this crazy idea about getting here in the first place. Uh, it's it's something that we had been entertaining for years, but we didn't really have the means to do it. So we enlisted the aid of a of a like a a group uh, a crowdfunding uh, situation to try and help us get here and see see if we could because it was the last joke on We figured if we're gonna do it, let's throw everything we can at the wall and try to get here. Um, so that that was the fun part, and then there was all of the planning, and all of the getting everything together, and uh, the 15-hour plane ride, which was like this. It was it was amazing. It was mostly like this and like this. <laughs>
4: And just for the podcast crew, these are skinny guys. These are these are not your typical Joe fans that hang out at JoeCon. Yeah. So when they say they were scrunch, you know it was tight. We're
8: from the third world, man. Africa, <laughs> resources are scarce, dude. <laughs> it's so cool because like my TV, uh, the TV that I was put behind, um, it had sound. No, it it had. Um, you couldn't choose what channel you wanted. It was just like random. You just press buttons and just random channels appeared, but it had no sound. And then the one next to us had had sound. I mean, it had, let you control stuff, but it had no sound. So eventually we just uh, switched through, and, and Rob and I were like watching this through the corner of our eyes, and it was just quiet. It was just plain noise, and, and we were just making up stuff for the movies as we were watching them. We've watched the new Blade Runner four times.
7: Which, if you haven't gone on and see Joe Berg and seen this, this is their gig. They love taking and doing funny sounds, voices, everything else over... We
9: play with our toys. Yes, they play with their our toys. I think that's our claim to fame. We're kind of uh, not, not interested in uh, museum specimen uh, toys. We, we like to get them into the environments that they belong oh, in, like they. rivers, yeah. mud, sand. Yeah, that's, so our, that's our angle.
7: This is the kind of joy of Joburg, so this is why it's really cool that they actually got to be here. You're not alone. You're not alone. The Joe Customs crew is very much on board with that.
9: Yeah, Yeah, it's like that dream that we've all had of walking into a toy store of old. And seeing rows and rows of GI Joes and vehicles, well, it's real. It's, it's real. I'm still dreaming. It's in this room. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I could ever yet. want
8: and more, it's <laughs> all here. So, uh, so with the road trip, the road trip was quite long. Audios uh, is a good word for it. Uh, it was the equivalent of driving to Cape Town and then from Cape Town to, to Durban.
9: Yeah, I don't know if there's a, an equivalent that would be more relatable, Paul. But no, maybe. no,
8: no, no. But hear me out. So, it's like, just like I NYC to here and then back again. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. That's for uh, for you guys. Uh, for us, it's it. it I mean, it, it was a long thing. That was how I I put it together in my brain. And there is a part when you hit, you start hitting like Ohio, and you start seeing these these like beautiful houses. I mean, before then, it's just trees 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 trees, mcdonald's winds trees 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 walmart mcdonald's wind and and it's great that's pretty accurate description
9: welcome to america
4: welcome to america
8: and then you and then you get through the forest right and then it's just plain and it's just it's all farmland and it's it's beautiful it's really pretty but then it's like it's a little bit out of limits like because it's it's very quiet and you're like sitting there and i'm kind of thinking have I died? Did we die in a car accident? Is this like a weird purgatory? Uh, am I, I going to be stuck here? No, it's a real purgatory. And then, and then... <laughs> Are you taking them to Texas? Because I can't
7: wait to see the reaction. <laughs> Their the reaction to Texas is going to be huge. <laughs>
8: because, as Steve said it earlier, and, and, and it's funny that it's actually cool that he mentioned it, because I was talking to somebody else earlier today about the same thing. We often have these dreams where you walk into a convenience store that you just frequent every day, and all of a sudden they got GI Joe, and you're like, wow! And then you start spending all this money. You're like, okay, I can spend about like maybe two, okay, an hour currency, uh, currency 200, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred rand in GI Joes, and you're like, wow, they have Storm Shadow. Wow, they have like Lifeline. Okay, never mind. And wow, they have like Snake Eyes. <laughs> and then you keep going, and and you like you get to the checkout counter. Uh, the register. So, catch th- weapons,
7: sci-fi.
6: And
8: then no. you get to the checkout counter, and then then the, the dream either ends with you, like, you, you can't find your wallet, and you're like, oh, no, what the hell happened? And then you wake up, and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> but this place is not like that. It's been, like, how many nights? now? It's been, like, three nights where I've woken up, and I'm like, every time I come here, there's still stuff here. Mm. And then I check my bags, it's and I'm like... It's still real. It's still real. I've still got I haven't stories. woken up yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then the most surreal thing is, like, seeing G.I. Joe figures with a, a, a sticker, like a 10 or a five or like a two or buy five for like eight dollars you know like Peter Joe's and so I'm like okay gotta catch them all (laughs) deals to be had yeah no it's been magical yeah so that's us getting here and and our Joe uh, con experience uh, brief super quick synopsis (laughs) so
9: about the the contest
8: yes How how
9: that come about exactly we have a friend In the UK who is a extremely good customizer and close ally of GI Joburg. His name is Jim Godfrey and he wanted to contribute to our GoFundMe but in a rather special way. He was like, boys, what if we collaborated on a custom character, we all work up his mythology, his background, completely new guy like if you can imagine uh, if Major Blood happened to be a South African for instance well that's what Bitter Ainde, uh was inspired by uh, and it's, it's, it's easy to see that, that, that kind of character type in uh, Neil Blomkamp films by uh, by way of example uh, in Elysium Charlton yeah. Copley plays a guy called Kruger and this kind of grizzled like South African ex-special forces kind of guy was was the, the kind of the sinister uh, character type that we wanted to, to present at on, So we went about writing uh, a, a quite a lengthy bio uh, just to give Jim something to go off of. The weapon selections were all um, South African Special Forces weapons and then some more futuristic additions like a jump pack, which we called the Alouette Two, after a, 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 a sort of attack and, and um, troop helicopter that saw frequent use in our, like, Board, border, border, border conflict yeah. of the 1980s. Oh man, there is a whole history lesson that Jim could give. The guy became oh, wow. yeah, a he became monster. So studious. Consumed <laughs> a lot of audiobooks about the conflict that raged uh, in our country um, in
8: the, the early to mid 80s, uh, and the product was this character. I can even hazard a guess that Jim now knows more about that sort of part of our history than Steve and I do. Uh, it, wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be a guess. It I, really I can <laughs> guarantee yeah. 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 And I mean, I had a dad, right. uh, my dad, like, served and that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I'm sure Jim knows more about what went down. Um, another thing is, uh, this was Jim's way of contributing to our GoFundMe. Because, uh, you know, he's been a long-time sh- uh, fan of the show, and I think he wanted to do something that was very unique to him. So he was like, yeah, boys, we're going to win. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, sorry, Jim, if I butchered your um, your accent there because we're going to get him to listen to this. And I think that was kind of like his thing. He was like, yeah, you know, if it wins, use the voucher to come buy some toys or something cool. Which we've dutifully done, let me assure you. <laughs> Our show dollars have been amply
9: spent. Uh, and dutifully. we managed to, to split it three ways. There are three things that we got uh,
8: for each of the, the, the South African members of G.I. Joburg. Uh, Paul got a bag of Ninja Force. It's like... It's really difficult to buy just one Ninja Force, so I got them all in one bag. Yeah, yeah, all of the flavors, Chabang, Dojo, Slice.
7: Fate or what, man?
8: <laughs> Nunchuck. Uh, the only one I'm... Oh, no, the Dice is there. Cool. Okay, yeah, no, we're all good here. We're all good. So I've got all the Ninja Force now, and and I uh, picked up a Snake Eyes earlier, so yay, yeah, happy days.
9: <clears throat> but there's another story that it needs telling And uh, so to help Jim, us with that yeah, There yeah. we go, Greg, so through go ahead. through
7: Jim, man. these guys knew another friend of ours Named Chris McLeod And Chris, most of you know from the Full Force podcast Chris and I are really close friends And uh, I was able to help Chris out with something In a, in a line that he was standing in And uh, Chris then said Could you help out the guys from Joe Bird? They've traveled all this way they have a custom they really want to be able to enter it in the contest but because they've had to travel all this way it doesn't leave a lot of funds for huge admission prices so they had to be general admission to the show so in order to be in the custom you had to be a a, 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 badge Tag. a, be badge a lanyard holder. guy. so anyway we're gonna make them lanyard guys so they can get in the last panel Woo-hoo. so <clears throat> short and long of it is we were then able to go and enter in the custom contest. These guys came, we set it up, they filled out the card. We entered it as Joe Berg, Great Childs. And if you've listened to the la- this part so far, you know why we had to have those guys in there, pure joy. So they entered, We they did actually two entries.
8: Yes, yeah, we did a mail away exclusive version <laughs> and we did the regular version. So the regular version's got this neat backpack this like jetpack so um (laughs) it's got this like that jetpack that steve was talking about earlier the alouette and then there's the other backpack that carries the bazooka so it's very similar to mercer's backpack but jim has just done an incredible job on that toy i I, when i opened the box because okay so here's the other thing with that toy that wasn't sent to us we didn't bring that okay we had to sit in the plane going we hope it gets to america before we do and then Cujo, one of our other collaborating members on the on the G.I. Joe Book podcast, he got it and then he had to drive it up here. So like we're sitting there going, come on and then he Cujo's flights got delayed or something because in Charlotte there was like I don't know, planes were flying upside down or whatever. Anyway it just wasn't good. People were missing flights and uh so like so anyway so we had to and, th- and then we had to get it here like last minute and we were checking the time like oh we have to be here at the condors it's like 10 o'clock we have to get it in here and then that's where gray came in and then it became metal gear solid and it's like da, 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 da. literally uh-huh. a lifesaver this guy no, i mean same, he bro. bounced
9: up to us we were like uh, biting our nails because it was almost time for you know the entries to be closed and with the typical southern enthusiasm this guy really helped us out stepped up to the plate and then do you want to tell the story of how uh, the uh, the award was unveiled? Yeah, I so you made a scene, So, so,
7: so this, uh, so these guys. It, again, if you've listened this far, you know why they had to be helped. And if you've heard this six degrees of separation that had to make this whole thing happen, <laughs>
6: uh-huh.
7: it's only fitting that it won. And I can't believe now, and hearing all of this, I can't believe it didn't come in first place. But the first place truly deserved it. True. These guys truly put the most effort into their custom. <laughs> By far, this is the most effort I've ever heard of anything like this. <laughs> so as we're sitting there, team effort. That's, that's what GI Joe is all about. We're, definitely, we're a team. Yeah. Go team, go. yeah <laughs> anyway, so so definitely a huge collaboration. So we're sitting there in the award ceremony, and they're calling up the winners. Everybody's you know very excited. In the Joe Customs contest this year, if you had seen the competition, it is literally fire. Mm. We all. Wow. We were just so good. N- jaws dropping because there were so many great things in that yeah, competition
8: with Stiff. Yeah, yeah, it was
7: so awesome. And so we're sitting there, they call out Great Childs, and the winner is Great Childs. It dawns on me for a second wait, Joe Berg. So I jump up shouting, Joe Berg, Joe And everybody's Yay! like, what the hell is Joe Berg? <laughs> And so the crowd's having it. That guy's drunk. That guy's really drunk. Uh, He must be just high or drunk or something. So I go rushing up and I'm yelling for them, looking for them in the crowd. Sorry, (laughs) Greg. Thinking I'm going to get to bring them up, you know, and we'll we'll get to have the unveiling. (laughs) So we get up there. It was awesome. I tried to convince Brian to give me a microphone so that I could tell the story. And of course, he thought I was drunk and wouldn't possibly (laughs) have wanted to let me have a microphone because I'm shouting, Choberg fortunately and most graciously many people you know said hey great job everything else and I've tried to every person who said that I've tried to correct the story a oh, lot it's a of long hard work. story but and hopefully
9: it, they'll be listening to this and uh, they'll, uh, they'll get it.
7: Hopefully they'll get it. These guys went so far we just couldn't leave that sitting at the doorstep and not okay. get them into the contest. So to everybody out there you know these are such great guys you know you've heard this story This had to be told. If you see me, don't thank me. Thank them. They did all the work. All I did was help get it to them. Here's even the best part. After the thing, wait, kids. There's more. After the contest, they handed out a lovely souvenir, which we may even have.
9: Uh, the, yeah, the, the plaque, yes,
7: uh, it's, the it's been I, packed.
8: The plaque it. is in your pack. Okay, well, we well anyway, packed. the plaque's it's been packed. It's we'll, stunning, We'll get hey?
7: pictures. There's pictures on Joe Berg. If you want to join up on the group, there's pictures on Joe, Berg Joe. already of it. So, on Facebook? On Facebook already. So GI Joe Berg, look him up on Facebook, hit him up, mm-hmm. join the group. It's a really easy question. Almost every <laughs> Joe fan will be able to answer it. So uh, we got through, walked out, and, uh, you know, of course, I'm getting congratulations from people like Bobby Vala from Hasbro.
9: Oh, yeah. And
7: I'm like, Bobby, it's not mine. It's the guys from Jad Joberg. He goes, Joberg, I contributed to their GoFundMe. I'm going <laughs> to go see them at the Pickle Barrel right yeah, now. Bro. Yeah, bro. So, Bobby Vala carried their award to the Pickle, Pickle Barrel, Barrel and gave it to them oh, that great. night.
8: So, they actually great, got they it from
7: Bobby Vala from Hasbro. And, some that,
8: great IPA yeah, so. and
7: that, friends,
8: <laughs> is
7: Boom. the story of how the guys from Joberg. One, second place in the custom contest. And although it was second place in the contest, they're still number one in our hearts. I got ninja pose. <laughs> you gotta have havoc. Mm. Thanks, Joe Customs. We love you guys. Yeah, thanks, up. Joe
6: Customs. Uh, as far as emotional moments, I don't think I had any where I really got kind of choked up. But you overall, monster. I'll get, I'll get to it. But overall. I've been doing a lot of thinking. As we got closer to the convention, I would not be sitting here with these three fine folk if it was not for the convention. I mean, say what you will about Brian Savage and the golden ticket and the money and all the exclusives and whatnot, but the thing I'll take away from it is, you know, meeting people who I would not, under any other circumstance, be able to meet in person and being able to go from acquaintances... On a board, to meeting at a show, to being friends and traveling thousands of miles with them. That is something, you know, it really, it's, I'm getting a little emotional you do thinking day. about it.
7: <laughs> Don't you do this, And to
6: me. I'm especially glad that we're able to continue this, even though the Joe Con is no more, and we're able to bring more people to it. Because I think that's what it's all about. There's no product. But Steve, people are still passionate about G. I. Joe and want to get with like minded people. And you get with them and you determine you find out you have other things in common with them and it just grows from there and I'm eternally grateful for the convention for doing that because I've known that man since two thousand seven and that man since two thousand seven. You know. And you since you were you in Atlanta? Yeah, 2007. It's just, you know, it's something I always remember, and I always be very grateful for, for the club for doing.
4: I'm just saying I would have found you guys regardless. That's all. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Especially creeper. You know. <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that.
0: See you, Nola. This is Bucky. I am at the uh, GI Joe Convention, Chattanooga, 2018, standing next to uh, the Phoenix Customs member Dan of the Dead uh... dan how you liking the convention so far
5: it's been excellent Again, uh, really enjoying it
0: how is it compared to uh, your last experience in loveland
5: uh... it it feels for me it's about the same it's my second convention uh... my deal is i will go to every last convention not every (laughs) last convention but every convention that's the last convention uh... feels about the same Uh, just you know been enjoying hanging out at the joe customs booth uh, promoting customizing and the phx projects Having a good time.
0: Yeah, those PHX guys. Those uh, they're pretty awesome. I'd like to meet a lot of them. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shameless plug. <laughs> so, what was your uh, what was your best purchase on the sales floor? You think this weekend? Oh,
5: wow. Uh, what is the thing I found on the sales floor? That is a total stumper. I don't even know what I bought at this point. <laughs> I've been buying up so much fodder that, uh, that that's the best part to me is just digging through bins looking for cheap stuff. So really, it's a whole bunch of cheap figures stuffed in a bag that I can go home and look through later. I'll tell
0: you what, when uh, this is going to go on the podcast, unless uh, P-Love just likes to listen to these in private, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't asked. But if you get a chance, uh, maybe just uh, send us a picture
5: after you start to unpack of what you think might have been the best thing that you bought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I did do the customizing class, and I have to say I actually had a lot of fun at that. That was a neat way to meet people who maybe aren't as into the hobby as we are. Uh, I had fun working on the uh, Red Shadows figure. I mean, it was a cool way to do customizing in a kind of a more relaxed environment. I did enjoy that. I, uh, I overheard you talking
0: with a couple of people that were dressed up uh, earlier. Is that something that um, you're looking forward to getting into or something that you're interested in?
5: It is. I actually really uh, am into uh, watching, like, costuming videos online. The people who work with uh, foam, Making foam armor and stuff like that—that that is super interesting to me. Feels like a natural progression from customizing. I mean, mm-hmm. to just go full scale with what I do. Just customize yourself exactly. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, so I'm having to decide if you know I want to take a crack at a, a Cobra uniform or a Mandalorian from Star Wars, or see what I might try at the full scale. I might have to ask the boss if uh, maybe we can um,
0: make a section in the archives for cosplay costumes, and that might bring more people to the site. You know
5: that actually isn't a bad idea. Uh, it's there's a huge overlap in tool sets and material and tool use, so that's actually a pretty decent idea. I think. You
0: heard it here first, folks. That's a Phoenix Customs uh, exclusive. Let's take that, be love, and uh, I'm signing out. Talk to you later, Dan.
5: Anything? Any last words? Nah, had a great time. It was always awesome to see everybody from Joe Customs and to meet new Joe fans. Uh, hope something else happens in the future and there's something else to come to. I'm looking forward to whatever that is.
0: Alright, I'm jumping off this sinking ship. Talk to you later. Bye. This is the Macho Man, Randy Savage coming to you live from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. Chokan is closing down. If he didn't stop by the Chokan's booth, that's your bad. I might have shook your hand and said, "Yo, Joe," or I might have slapped you across the face and yelled, "Cobra!"
7: You just never know,
0: dig it. Hey, everybody! This is uh, Joe Michael seventy, saying hi live from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Just wanted to say that uh, we had a good con, a good show, and uh, Bucky is my favorite customizer. Uh, my other favorite thing to do is uh, wake everybody up at 3 a.m. when I stumble into the bedroom. What was your
4: favorite moment? Like the one moment that stood out for you. You're like, oh yeah, that was that was a
3: good point. That was a high point.
2: The Milky Pool was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh the Concrete soup. Chowder, I think you it. Conkrad Chowder, I think you called it. Yeah. Standing <laughs> around with all of you guys playing poker was fun. That, that was a good casino
4: time. night was a good time. <laughs> That was a good
2: time. I wish I would have had more energy for it. I just played
3: bango and, and won nothing except the Sky Patrol mug that I paid for. <laughs> but,
6: uh, the casino night, that's what stands out for me.
3: Right. I, think, I think for me, it was one Justin Bell in a swing, <laughs> um, and then also seeing Beeve and Bad Ash and uh, Snake. You know, just show up.
4: I th- that did you bring know. it home, I'm like back it, to Atlanta.
3: No, it, it really. Yeah, I mean, like the I went, I was at the Minneapolis Con. because um, it was you know I could bike there or whatever it was, you know. Um, and but I didn't know anybody at that point. It was it was really Atlanta where I first. Are you gonna cry again. No, but it was Atlanta where I really first started meeting people. Yeah. Um, and you know, are you gonna cry again? Right. Beav was there and Badash was there and n- <laughs> you know, all you people were there. Uh What do you mean by you people? Nerds. <laughs> um customizers. And yeah, I mean I, I like the I guess in my mind uh, I do like the the symmetry of it. You know? They were there, they were there at the first re- combat. I, it really felt like a Joe Con where I was part of Joe Customs and <laughs> here they are at the last.
6: That was is- all the people who we haven't seen since 2007, you know, yeah, Sidewinder, the twins. The twins.
3: Yeah. Oh, wow, it's been a while. Yeah. 11 yeah years. 11 years. Uh, if this hadn't been the second last one, we wouldn't have seen Dan of the Dead again. He only came to Loveland because it was the last one. <laughs> and now that this is the last one, he made sure to come to this one. But now he's talking, he might try to make it to AR. So, you know, yeah. for, for somebody who hadn't done a con before, you know, and he just feels like he's always been there now.
4: So, for the casino night, we had a couple of people give us their cash. They, weren't, they didn't want to actually play. They wanted to hang out and talk with friends. Uh, as we typically tool, we knew we were going to pool everything together. So we went up there and we told, you know, we started, you know, we picked a table, pick, had a dealer that looked like she was on our side and everything. <laughs> Once we told the dealer that, you know, the, the money that they make from, I guess it was rolling the dice, not popping balloons goes to the Hasbro Children's Hospital or whatever she was on our side she was like okay whatever you guys need me to do Um, so we're playing I look over and at one point Maroon Typhoon was both was dealing to the dealer (laughs) Uh, and Chris, Chris, uh, Mysterious Stranger was trying to play it straight as much as possible, like trying to do the math for everybody at the table. So <laughs> it had a, minute, had a few drinks in at that point.
6: Yeah, we did things on that casino night that <clears throat> would have gotten us a ride out into the desert if we had pulled it in Las Vegas.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Freaking cost. For good cause. Mm-hmm. For good cause. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We got to know our dealer really well, and she got us to know us a little too well, I think. We plied her with liquor. <laughs> yeah. well,
3: and speaking of dealers, I don't know if we want to get into that or <laughs> not. Oh, yeah, we might have to.
4: <laughs> so, Razor Spoon set up his complex. I'll insert that interview next
3: where we talk to him about that. I'm sure he'll be real happy to be in in there. Yeah.
4: (laughs) And uh, we'll also talk to Simon. (laughs) He was looking for some customs or custom vehicles. Well, we didn't have a lot of custom vehicles this particular trip. You know, long drives for everybody, but we had a lot of figures. People brought figures to the table, but not a lot of vehicles. So. As Jeff is telling me that we need more vehicles to help Spoon, I happen to see a box of what I thought were shells of vehicles for $40, and I'm like looking at it, and it's got a couple of planes, a couple of tanks, I'm like, and a HQ parts, which Jeff and I both like to use for fodder, so I'm like, okay, let's, let's get this, so we get it, we pay for it, we're Digging through the box like, oh, there's like a complete, almost a complete Python conquest missing some missiles. That yeah, there's a, a
3: really, a, like a suit, like I was looking at it like this, this Phantom X-19 is like in a way better condition than the mine, you know. The popped
4: out, nothing Yeah y-
3: Yep, we, all the pieces were in there, you know, and. <laughs>
4: <laughs> who, who? I was at the class at this
2: point.
4: So Bucky's checking out the HQ and he lifts up the HQ and under there is what looked like the ghillie suits from the... The Bella
3: vs. <laughs> Venom crosshairs, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. But that's not what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, open, yeah, <laughs> he opens it up to make sure that's what it is. takes a I don't of know, sniff. I don't
3: know why he needed to open that bag. You could <laughs> tell what it was. <laughs> I could smell it outside the plastic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was permeating. It was no doubt. Then, and and I thought th- that's a genius place to hide this. <laughs> <laughs> there was an Onion article. It was a first place cops look. It was inside At-At. And it's just a picture of an At-At with a baggie in the side panel. <laughs> and we
4: found out something today during the panel that apparently Mike knew on Friday.
3: Yes,
6: yeah, so uh, just to kind of set the picture here, Joe Customs had a table set up and it was kind of in the back corner of the convention.
3: Well, this hall had had doors like a freaking MC Escher drawing. Like, there was doors right. every, like, ten right. feet.
6: <laughs> so, we were set up near a particular set of doors, and evidently, once the convention started, there was an announcement made, you know, not to be going through those anymore. So, I'm sitting there, just watching the table, and this gentleman comes up, kind of a bigger guy, got a convention hat, got a golden ticket, lanyard, everything, comes up, flashes me a badge and says, I'm undercover for Brian and I guess he needed my permission to go out the door so I kind of waved him through but that was the first indication that, you know, something was possibly afoot at Joecon.
3: So... Unrelated to what we what we ran into, I think. But
6: <laughs> Yeah. Thanks thanks for telling us that today. <laughs> I thought it was common
3: knowledge.
4: <laughs> so I'm really glad we turned that over to the local authorities. Hey, I'm here with Raging Spoon. And we're here talking checking out his complex, which is right by the front door of the convention floor, and it's gotten a ton of interest
10: all weekend. So what is complex? It is a modular building base system and uh, currently in its stage one phase that's getting ready to uh, be to launch this next week all the, the items are in the country clearing customs right now so they'll be ready to start shipping soon we had a big display here at JoeCon and a few sample units for sale and as well we're showcasing this part of the wave two that's gonna can be coming out uh, and starting production as soon as I can get the, all the drawings finished up, and we have on that a catwalk system on display. I'm sure you can see some of the photos on our website or on our Facebook page, and even maybe Joe Customs will have some up yeah, there as well. We'll put some up. And so it's still in its prototype stage. We're still trying to work, work out the uh, the railing system here. You'll see in the pictures, but uh, it's going to be a double uh, double sided, just like the floors and walls and, and Stage one, and so they're going to be two sizes. And they'll be a six inch by two uh, two inch, and uh, as well as a two inch by four inch. So that way you can go around all the corners and everything that you need. Right. Nice. And, uh, and then you can also, since it's going to be able to connect to all the railings that's existing in the r- wave one, you can use it as a little barrier, barrier wall or yeah. handrails. Turn- and, it would, and so if you turn the six by two inch wall, or catwalk up vertically, you'll be able to use it as a side corner here. So you have like a nice little column that you can add in, or, or just just a centerpiece for your, to have make your whole center of your base look different.
4: It, it totally doesn't look like Death Star panels at all.
10: Does not. It does not. It's, that's clearly grating, sir. Clearly grating. And so that's uh, what the first look into what's going to be coming in the wave two. One of many, many pieces. And so, but the first we wanted to make sure everyone's seeing. That we have a nice catwalk system coming along too, because that was our number one priority after these walls. And then we're going to have different accessories and panels and different other plug-in things. But or, and we'll be displaying those later. But.
4: And, so besides the convention floor, where can people
10: buy a Complex? They can go to com and you can get uh, all, and they should be able to start, uh, they can any pre-order right now, and afterwards they should start shipping within the next two weeks as they're clearing customs and making their way to his warehouse. Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you very much. That's great. These are awesome. That's fantastic.
10: So has anybody been asking about them in your booth area? Or? Okay.
4: Just oh, are these ones from the front kind of stuff? So okay. yeah. Here is Simon Flack in the Raging Spoon Toys booth. And uh, uh, Joe Michael Seventy he caught up with you yesterday and you started talking about your miniatures, yeah, which yeah, nobody yeah. knew that you were doing miniatures.
1: Well, it's not one of those things you advertise, <laughs> it's like being a G.I. Joe collector. <laughs>
4: yeah, G.I. Joe cons.
1: Yeah, but everyone here is sick. A in the I <laughs> <laughs> um, want to cross the streams with some of these people. they um, don't understand. Yeah, no, I've been into the Warhammer stuff, Warhammer 40,000. 30 years now, ever since this first came on the scene. And so I've been painting and customizing it at that scale, the 28mm scale. For almost all my, three quarters of my life, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's something I enjoy. It's a little bit different than doing Joe scale stuff because, I think as we talked about earlier, because you, you really have to create all your own shadows and depth, you know, just with the brush and that sort of thing. You can't rely on I mean, Joe's are just big enough so that the light has an effect on it. Especially if you're trying to do the factory finish, so. Like I enjoy, I do a little bit of Joe painting, but I don't find it as challenging as painting something as big as your thumbnail. Yeah. You uh, mentioned
4: seam lines, ah, uh,
1: the- mold line. Like when it comes to those sort of small miniatures, if you get a mold line on a screw. It, it sticks out it, it, it'd be like the equivalent of you having like brickwork down your leg like it just it drives me crazy so when you get in something like a Joe figure they're covered in the mould lines and like so I'll, I'll spend as long as it takes like I've, I've over you know the course of a week you know just filing down every mould line and then filling in with you know like liquid green stuff or something like that filling in like anything I can do like but that won't affect the articulation. Trying to so, make it as smooth as possible. So,
4: like the opposite of fun school.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, I, I get a little bit OCD about that, but you know, we've all got our weirdness.
4: When you're painting something that small, what do you do? It like your workbench or whatever, to so you can see that.
1: Oh, okay. Do you have well, like
4: one of those big magnifying glasses or something? I do.
1: I've got. I've got a headset now. My I've noticed my eyes. Not quite as youthful as they once were. Like a little bit of squint there, just because you're you, you know you're always working about six inches away from your vision, so you, know, you start to get a bit cross-eyed. But um, you know, so good light is essential. So because I I got a day job, you know, most of my time spent painting are indoors. So oh, sorry, I'm being assaulted by a man. here.
4: But, you're not What's the pinch? The cosplayers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what I'm doing for a lighting system is that I've got a, a, a steel arch that I've uh, underside a sticky roll of LEDs, daylight LEDs. what that does so it gives you a full like 180 light source above yeah. your bench. So so no so, shadow. Absolutely no shadow. So um, And you know like painting under sunlight and painting under artificial yeah, light, yeah. they look very different like right. if you cross those streams. Uh, I, I like daylight because so if you, if you want to stick to the one type of light source, so everything you know looks the same, right. blends in with one another. Especially because you know I'm building armies, and you don't want to get like anything weird with the tint, because you know one figure will stand out amongst twenty of them. And, you know, right. Like again, it all comes back to my ICD. <laughs> so, do
4: you do so, anything special for like the tiny details? Like, I've got have,
1: like, I, I have a few tricks in that, that I've developed over the years. Like um, a lot of time I won't paint eyes if they're not characters. But you know, stuff like that, I wouldn't use a brush. I'd use like the, I've got a couple of very fine scale gundam markers. Just going quickly, uh, okay. do the quite the little black dot. You just at do the top. a quick dab? You gotta uh, i found Um, the more times you hit it, the more chances you have of messing it up. The
4: poke and pray method, the poke and pray method.
1: Get in there, bang, get out. You know, you you get the hang of it after a while, but, but yeah, never go like... Again, uh, it comes in nice. I got
4: that shaky, shaky hand trying to... I, uh, oh, I'm not going to do it. Cut the red wire.
1: That's why like, I've got a, I got a nice piece of like uh, foam, too, that I put on the... If I've got to have my elbows on the bench for an extended period, yeah. I have a little bit of foam there to make it comfortable. Um, you know, just see, lock it in. That's smart.
4: That's smart.
1: Yeah. You're using, like, painted handles for everything, so you'll base your miniature up first, pop it in the handle so you don't have to... I'm looking at getting into the airbrush side of things very soon. I've been looking around, getting some advice on a good airbrush because I don't know that much about it yeah. myself. Uh, I, I've, I've used some really cheap Chinese ones yeah. in the past just for base coat and stuff and priming. But I honestly, with those, I spent more time cleaning them than I did actually using them. Right.
4: No, same thing.
1: But uh, that, that, that's definitely a technique that I want to get down because that's an area I don't know a lot about. And, you know, I've seen... Really in the miniatures world certain you get certain directions, movements, like some of like non-metallic metals is something that I've been teaching myself lately. You know, where you can create, like, the appearance of, like, golds and silvers without actually using it in metallic paint. So, for example, if you're doing gold trim on a shoulder, you might start with, like, a very dark brown and almost almost like a cell shaded effect. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where but it's you, the yellows and whites where you exactly. try to get the bling like you're, without you're, you're, you're trying to make it look like it's just really reflective. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, if you can do it right, it looks... It, it's amazing how real it can look. Right, but that—that's definitely like one of those advanced level techniques that you really have to have a lot of patience with. Yeah. not g- get discouraged every time you mess it up. But, but um, yeah, that, that's pretty much.
4: Actually, that, just yeah. yesterday we were looking at like die cut stickers, but the die cutting of the sticker was like almost like a Python Patrol pattern for a miniature. So you take like not the little stickers, but the overall frame of the sticker. Put it on a small miniature vehicle, and then they were doing airbrushing. Oh, so stencil it. work. Yeah, yeah essentially I, like I, sticker stencils. I know there's
1: yeah. a couple of good uh, websites out there. Like Fallout Games does some amazing. They they do stencils that have with a somewhat adhesive back end, but I, I wouldn't even know the chemistry of the stuff because it lasts forever. I, like kind of slap it down and it'll stay. So you and it sticks down so you don't get any uh, bleeding. Effect yeah, yeah. underneath Or capillary action. Yeah. Like that. No. You know, you know I, if there's a gimmick out there, you know, I've probably got it in a toolbox somewhere. I, I'm i willing to try everything and everything. Yeah. And right now, another thing I've been doing, you know, because I'm doing a lot of the the Warhammer series has just come out with, like, these big you know, oh. robots, like, you know. Yeah. Like, their version of Robotech battle Mech type oh, stuff. Okay. And, you know, you're trying to use, like, get a marble effect on the carapace, using steel wool teased out and airbrushing over the top of that. And it's just, all you can do is you just keep looking and reading and you go on your respective forums and websites and there's just, just people sharing information, you try stuff. And, you know, I've got a mountain of unpainted models, like... <laughs> Uh, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, my garage. I'm yeah. sure
4: yours is more. We have our we have our, like hundreds of work in progress, lists, but
7: you're army building too. So. That's
1: absolutely. Yeah. But you know like I'm always buying, I'm buying old stuff. I see on email if I see something, you know, you're always rescuing like a lot of kids get into the hobby early and it's not easy. It's not easy, and your first results are always going to be terrible. So a lot of them get discouraged quickly, and sell it all on eBay. The amount of like cheap lots you can get, then you have to rescue because it looks like someone's just slapped it off with house paint with a giant brush. So you know, I've got I got like a dozen ultrasonic cleaners, like weird chemical concoctions in them. All at different stages, stripping paint.
4: JoeCustoms.com does not condone the mixing of chemicals.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you know, I've used a few, like, for stripping paint, I've used a few uh, off-the-shelf. But, uh, I've got my own little concoction I've mixed up that'll strip the, the paint. You know, you've got metal models, you've got yeah, plastic yeah. models, you've got resin models, and they don't always react the same. Like, right.
3: I, oh, yeah,
1: right. I, I've, I've, I've had some blubs... Yeah, you know, I've had a few accidents over the years, you know, melting plastic figures, trying to get the paint off. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> what I do, man, What <laughs> I do.
4: Overall, how's the show been? Like has it been? Oh, busy it's in
1: fantastic. Here? Being here with the and Smooth crew and his whole complex system. Yeah. You That's know, one of those things, you know. I, I I don't know what part I've played in all this. It's like bounced a lot of ideas over with Skype over the last two years.
4: For your miniature where anything for your miniatures
1: in mind I oh yeah was, there's definitely some of this i'll be using especially like the more concrete finish yeah, because yeah. because that's yeah, i can't really use that grill if you, you yeah. imagine if you're on 28 millimeters how that if he was walking across something like that he'd break his ankle it's full of giant holes yeah. but to adjust it's, it's, it's a good grill. so i'll be using the concrete side of stuff um, I don't That's know. Good. I'm gonna paint some up. Actually, I got a few sets. Got a few promotional sets that he gave me <laughs> for free. So I'm gonna start painting those up back home in the sand. Try to make some ruined stuff. Uh, I course. like ruins. Everyone likes post-apocalyptic ruins, don't they? Well, thank you very much. Hey, well, a pleasure. It's I, I wish I had some more interesting stuff <laughs>
2: to
4: Previously on the Joe Customs Assembly Required episode.
2: Okay, so I sent you a picture today, and hopefully you can include it with the podcast notes or whatever. But, and I'm not saying it is what I'm saying, but it sure looks like it, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I think that Hasbro used zip ties in their design.
4: Right around the hatch on the bottom of it are these two strips, maybe four to five inches long each on either side of the the hatch, that sure enough look exactly like zip ties. I mean, right down to the little angled bevels inside between the parallel runnings.
2: And like I said, I don't know for sure that they did because I wasn't there, but holy crap, now I'm like, I feel justified. <laughs> I feel like I should get some more respect.
4: And now flash forward to Hasbro vehicle designer Dave Kunitz's Jocon panel.
2: Segwaying right from that, Uh, One of the things that we know is that quite a bit of the time you would cut up and use other things as detail um, Like the Easter eggs found in the defiant complex and things like the back of the snake and the tripwire mines Here's a question. Did you ever use zip ties for instance specifically on the bottom of the Crusader shuttle? As tech detail I mean yeah, the question is did I use zip ties on the bottom of the Crusader shuttle? No No. Um, actually there's um, plastic struts that you can get that have multiple textures, and I, I know the piece you're talking about, um, and it was something that I bought. It was a styrene piece that was in that had that same thing, but yeah, it looks like a zip tie, she could have been, um, just the nylon doesn't stick so well, so styrene is much better.
4: Speaking of Dave Kunitz, John Kukudvich, who brought his 3D-printed Cobra Inceptor, and displayed it on the table, had a really cool story with his run-in with Dave. Check it out. Hi, we're here with John Kukovic. All right, I don't even know where to start because I wasn't there for the conversation. So It, it starts
3: in a Hardee's in
11: Paducah. <laughs> <laughs> the scene has been set. Sounds
4: like a Quentin
11: Tarantino movie. I see you, Matt, and the guys there realize where they're on, from on the way to this convention on the way to this convention I, I had brought it to uh to share with somebody else you know just to see what kind of interest we could start garnering about it and uh i see these guys I'm like they're from joe customs and everybody's done eating and they're standing outside kind of getting their vehicle ready to go and i pull in and i said i'm going to show you guys this because i know you'll appreciate what this is so i show it to them i could tell immediately they were sort of interested and by sort of, I mean, like, totally geeked out about it. So, so then they say, hey, we will definitely have a place for this at the booth if you want to put it in there. And I was totally into that, so that's what I did when I got here.
4: Okay, let's back up. What is it,
11: and how did it come about? It's a version of the, in 1995, for Space Brigade, Star Brigade. Star Brigade, uh, Hasbro was going to do this line of uh, a few th- a few more things that they'd already done in '94, '93, '94, but they were going to introduce this spaceship. And the Hasbro designers had designed this thing, and they called it the Inceptor, and it was sort of a a weird-looking gunship. And they most of the fans never even knew it existed until the anniversary card set came out. And they had this thing with this real blocky nose on it, like a like a gunship, you know. And they were told it was too Star Warsy. they went back, did a few things to put a longer, skinnier nose on it. Still too Star wars and then the line got shut down, so that was the end of it. So, it died out. Uh, in the process, I think there are maybe eight versions of it that have been made. Uh, a hard prototype, a cast, rough cast prototype, and then six various versions of it that people have. So it's it's super rare. they most of them have all ended up in the hands of collectors that you know guard that collection very tight because of you know just because
4: one of the it's been on display at D class and one of the collectors owns many of them and actually yeah. came over to look at it. So it has garnered a lot of interest this weekend.
11: It has. Uh, in fact, the original Hasbro designer he has looked at it, super impressed, and he's actually been positive about moving forward with a custom version of what they did in 95, or for the 95 line. That was not the kind of attention I thought it was going to get. I really really was afraid it was going to get met with some some negative, you know, hey, I don't know if we should do this, or you should think about not doing this. So far, nobody has said that at all, and uh, so I think that we're going to move forward uh, using David uh, Kunitz's his original designs he's going to give me some input on what he had intended I'm going to make sure that I don't walk over what he did but uh it it was
4: funny he came by the table and he tried to do the old flip the badge around so we wouldn't know it's like come on hey what did Hypno do (laughs) we'll get to that (laughs) Hypno turned one hard file into two files (laughs) (laughs) but uh Dave tried to do his, flip his badge around so we couldn't see his name, but he was showing a lot of injuries. Like, yeah, the nose is a little off. And as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, okay, I know who you are now. All right. <laughs> and uh, but he was really impressed. He was like, it's a little big. Oh, that's what it, he started with it's that. And then a little mentioned bit, it was, Yeah. It's a little big. It's like, yeah, you know. But getting down smaller, you have print lines. And this, you know. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was a critique.
11: <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. A very well welcomed one. Yeah. Uh, He shared that with me, and then uh, he has the the one that he kept. Uh, So he is going to go home this week and give me some more dimensions and dig up some of their notes, let me know kind of what they had intended for the things that I actually made this thing. I modeled this using about six different photos of it from interviews and from just what Declassified had and some other stuff. It was not like a. I had this perfect side view, perfect top view. This was right. all using, yeah, yeah. you know, isometric views and then trying to model something out of it. So that's why it is a little big. I had nothing to judge scale by, so I actually printed one that is even bigger than that. So this is the <laughs> second one. Uh, so, so that's what we've done. We've just gone through this iterative phases of development, and now I'm actually gonna. This is gonna feel like now I'm getting. Marketing input, you know, like engineering. Here's the engineering prototype. Here's the second prototype. Now marketing's going to say, "Yeah, guys, you ought to do this." So that that's going to be the next step. Um, and then I think we're going to start like fielding it out to people, kind of show what we're wanting to do. We're thinking about maybe a Kickstarter. Uh, tooling on this thing is going to be going to be high. Uh, I've talked to several. Other people that do modern work, we really want to keep it like O-Ring. We thought about doing a couple of O-Ring figures to go with it that are in the, in the style of the old Star Brigade line, but we're not. we don't want to step on anybody's toes. We don't want to upset anybody. What I want is for guys that can't afford... Afford the originals. I want them to be able to have one, at least something like it in their collection to say, like, man, Hasbro didn't quite make that, but this is what a this is a newer version of what they had, and uh, that's that's kind of what I want to do. Originally, I just wanted to make a few and just have them on shelves, and you know, but as it's gone through, there's still so many fans that would love to have it would love to have one in their collection, even though it's not quite that thing. But. So that's where we're at right now. That's the no, next
4: it, step. it's definitely something we'll keep our eyes on. Thank looked, you very it much. It looked
11: fantastic. Yeah, Thanks. It you. really did. I appreciate that. Other than that, how was the show? show was great. show was great. I had that and a couple of other projects I've been working on. I made a lot of contacts, and I've only known people you know, online. Them. and nice. So this was a great, uh, great way to do that. So, Glad I came Thanks for Thanks for coming
4: The costume contest
11: Anything stick out For that
4: I think just James not Being front and center You know
2: Just James not being in it yeah,
4: Like, I get it. He wanted to take it off and enjoy it from... What was he doing with the, with the hair? He was trying to be crystal ball going back to stuff. The balls were supposed to be bigger, glow-in-the-dark, so they looked magical and people would bounce it around. He'd done it. Where was it? When he did LaTal,
2: he had the beach balls. He threw them out to the crowd and people like hit him around like a ball game. I missed all of them because when I saw him he was just wearing a suit with a towel and his hair was made up. He must have been dressed up before then? In the in the contest. He brought beer and popcorn. Oh, I must have
4: missed
3: that. Where was I? So I don't know where was, you were. I wasn't at the contest at all.
4: He had sharpied the hair on and he was sweating, so it was dripping down, but he didn't want it to ruin his tuck. So he put a towel in there <laughs> so it wasn't black sharpie dripping onto his white collared shirt. But man, I, I'm gonna say this. Savage was brutal. Like those kids up there is like, let's hear it for this part. No, you're no good. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, My favorite
2: part of of that night was sitting there. Next to the, the worker with red hair who was just lighting in. though. Lighting into Savage's kid when he was mimicking the auction pointing.
10: Oh, uh,
4: the, the simultaneously pointing. Oh,
2: my was oh, so f- uh, serious about Synchronized
4: it. pointing. That's what we call it synchronized <laughs>
2: pointing.
4: So Savage is up there double gunning, like. I got 60 I got 50 I got 60 I got 50 I got 60 60 70, 70 50. But his son's like trying to point out people in the room who weren't those two people because Savage didn't have his glasses That's on so he's like
2: Right? So you got Stone faced about like, like honestly it was the most serious thing in the world <laughs> <laughs> Right? And the club staff the ladies from the club staff were, I'm guessing they were pretty lit up. But they were just cracking themselves up, making fun. And it was just it was pretty funny. And then Sean, Mr. Scally, uh. you know, every time that he was going to hand out prizes that people had won, he would come back towards me and I'm like, Sean. And I'd hand him my yearbook and pen, but he's like, I can't right now. And so I'd wait till the next time he's coming <laughs> with another prize. I'd be like, Sean, afterwards. <laughs> I said did you ever get him? Yeah, well, yeah. He did.
4: He's not joking, though. Every single time. To the point that he came to the table this morning, and I'm like, Hey, Sean! I forgot what I wanted. Because he was like, What? I don't know. I never got this far. I was like, Yeah, my friend was trying to get your attention. He just kept walking. He goes... I don't even know him.
6: <laughs>
2: That's so awesome. He's always the guy who does the returns, or he's one of the guys yeah. who does the returns. He's just a crab. At him. Oh. like, <laughs> like you go up there and he's like, "Now what?" I saw you last year.
6: <laughs> he, was, he was
3: he when 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 somebody broke the head on your mortal. Yes. Um, he was actually like. He was interested. Like, he's like, oh, how would you fix that? You're one of those customs guys, aren't you? So he's been fine to me.
2: Must be something about me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I... Baby. So (laughs) right. Little level 42 for you.
6: (laughs) How can it be? See, they're just going to... See, I'm old. I know all this stuff. They're, they're good. They're going to take. Kenny Rogers knows this stuff.
4: <laughs> I
6: know more than just roasted chicken. <laughs> listening to this, they're right?
2: not going to believe. That's in your yearbook now.
4: <laughs> so I'm driving back home today, and I'm listening to all the segments, and I realize we never talked about what our you know the the reveals, the surprises from the club about what they're going to try to get out during the last quarter. A lot of people have posted pictures, I just posted pictures this morning. Uh, we talked about it, but I just wanted to make sure it made it into the podcast. So, we go in there and you know, they're like, "Oh, you know, we hope to have these out, and, you know, manufacture. This was the factory says they'll get them out there uh, before the end of the year. I'm questionable about whether they'll actually deliver before the end of the year, but at least the orders will be in and the process will be started. Well, the first was a single-figure uh, Night knight Stalker. they have done the Night Stalker officer, now the Night Stalker with three different heads, different different looks for the heads so you could mix and match, and you know, Army Builder and get that done. It, it was a nice figure. I, li- I actually like their build for the Night Stalkers better than I do Hasbro's blue shirts, and I said that in the post. Uh, I'll try not to du- duplicate what I said in the post-versus here, but just so you have that opinion out there. It, it's a, it's a decent-looking figure. And then, as a standalone vehicle-figure combo, much like Heart Wrencher uh, and the Ground Assault Stinger, they are also releasing Ninja Force Zartan with a trike that came out during the Pursuit of Co- Cobra era. Um... He's got the, the GI Joe retaliation trooper Mohawk head. It, it looks decent enough. Um, it, yeah, I, I think that'll that that's a good smallish vehicle to end on. You know, I, I don't think it'll quite have that quick sellout time that the ground assault stinger did, but I, I it's a decent enough vehicle. And then they revealed what they're calling the final twelve this would have been an additional fss if they could but the timing and logistics of it they don't they're not releasing it in that same fashion so instead they're doing two packs i'm they didn't quite say how they're going to sell it like if you have to buy all in or, but i'm assuming you can purchase the individual two packs or uh, not a two card not a single card with two bubbles i don't think that's what they meant i think they meant Two carded figures together and you purchase them together. But who knows? We'll see. The first was a Slaughter's Marauders Barbecue and Low Light. You know, a uh, much more traditional uh, paint scheme. You know, they copied the American Hero real American hero style instead of what was released in the 7-pack. Uh, considering Slaughter's Marauders was the con theme, I thought those were solid additions. If those were in the FSS, I could see people like, you know, oh, repaints, but at least these make sense. You know, that team is now complete, so that's out of the way. And then you have Adventure Team. They based it on the retro style. Uh, Black, Black Snake Rendezvous is the eight Adventure Team character and then they created a new character Coils of Doom. Now Coils of Doom uses the boss fight sculpted uh, Cesspool head which considering Spectre was just asking me if any of those showed up in the let's make a deal pile which was pretty pretty low. There there wasn't a lot left, just some broken pieces in there. But back to Coils of Doom, it's a welcome addition. I think, you know, we like new characters, we like new villains. And they, Lanny said that there is an intentional color inspiration for Crimson Asp, so that green on green, you know, light green, medium green, colored combo. So, and he's got he does have a touch of red in his hair. So, there there is a correlation between those two that they haven't spelled out. I'm su- assuming that'll come in the file cards. And then we have Sonic Fighter, so that fills up a whole smaller sub team that we know people have been asking for. Dodger is pretty straightforward. And the Sonic Viper, I think that got a whoop or two out of the crowd. It's I I don't like either of the originals, but I, I gotta admit that the the Viper at least looks sharp. You know, I, I can see that standing out in people's collections. And then Falcon, you know, they did the digital mock-up, and I don't know if it quite captured the digital camo. As well as it will in hand. In hand, the the camel patterns tend to look a little bit better than when they, you know, just cut and paste, you know, Zs on top of characters. But he comes with, you know, the Annihilator backpack, which also comes with the Adventure Team guy. So the the backpack at least is getting used, and it makes sense here. That That's a good build for Falcon, so I'm glad, you know, he's coming out. And then Road Pig and his Sonic Fighters, bright green, bright orange, uh, solid figure all around for him. Uh, and, you know, if you liked the original, you like this one too. Again, fills a hole. And then we get to the UK exclusive releases of Tiger Force. At least that's what they're based on. So we have Hit and Run. I know Christopher McLeod from the Full Force podcast, and he, he was lo- broadcasting from. You know, the the panels and stuff just could not contain himself, the excitement. And it it was contagious. And considering how heavy the room got following this, I think it was some much needed levity. You know, it was was exciting to see someone so excited about something that everybody knew a lot of people wanted. Let me put it that way. So it was really cool. And I got to be honest. These Tiger Force figures, for the club to go out on these figures, if these are the last GI, if Hasbro never makes GI Joe again, and these were the last GI Joe figures, they're good figures to go out on. That's all I'm saying. But we'll see what happens. But for the club, definitely good figures to go out on. So Hidden Run was first. Pretty straightforward build, solid build. And They followed the paint scheme and it looks looks good psych out Matt had mentioned if if he's coming Matt's definitely on board. He's interested So We know at least one person from the Joe's Customs group is jumping on that and I kind of like that figure too, so uh, Solid build nothing. You know, they've released him twice already. So getting him in this just makes sense uh, Tunnel rat pretty much the same build that they had for the the convention exclusive but now in the tiger force scheme um it decent you know fills a hole and then blizzard now tiger force blizzard is one of those weird characters why you would need an arctic trooper and jungle camo to begin with who knows uh same build as their their fss build for blizzard um some people like it. Some people don't. But I, I think it's one of those figures that if you're going to do it for regular, turning around and doing it for Tiger Force does make sense. And it, it pops in yellow. I'll give them that. If nothing else, stick an Adventure Team sticker on them and you have a completely different character. And I think I'm actually more interested in the Tiger Force Blizzard than I am the regular Blizzard. And that was, that was it from those reveals and then we went into the slideshow. The next show is Assembly Required. When's that, Mike? Saturday, November 10th. Woo! And we have a, we have a new location for that.
2: What's it called? Gatling? Gatling? Gravitate.
3: Gravitate. Gravitate. It's still under construction.
4: Still under construction. So today. we'll <laughs> let you know details as we find out details. But we'll see you there.
3: Anything else? Final thoughts? Thanks, everybody, who made it out. And... Uh, we wish you could have been here if you didn't. To everybody who was
4: here, who I barely got a second to spend with, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll see you next, Joe Con.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're just as frustrated as you are. Yeah. And much nicer in person.
6: Mike, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> parting shot? Joe Con may be gone, but the legacy lives on. Support your regional G.I. Joe show. Yeah!
2: Once again, the world is a safe place to be, thanks to the G.I. Joe team of experts. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. So I was uh... was going to pick up my custom from the table, and uh, I had two file cards. And so when I walked back in the room, Larry was doing more con sketches. And uh, I said, "Will you do me a favor?" And how does this work? You gotta like uh, wait a while. I said, uh, "Larry, this one's for you," and I gave him one. And then I had him autograph the other one. So it was autographed by Larry and uh, Daryl. Cool. How
6: about the other Daryl?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you old? What what should we remember?
7: R- rule number one in the uh, the What's on Joe Mind show bible. Yeah. No,
11: Jeff. Uh, Under any circumstances, (laughs) no, Jeff.